What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, what is today? Wednesday? Wednesday, April 17th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 398, everybody, and I am doing this from my hotel room. Sorry if there's a little echo. It's just the room. I turned all the air off, and uh, I did everything that I could do to make this sound okay. So I, I hope it does, mm-hmm. but I checked it. It should be it should be okay. Um, I am in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina right now from my hotel room, which I'm not going to lie, I don't love. I'm not, it's, it's okay. It's okay, it's not bad. It's definitely all right, but it's, you know, it's not, you know, listen, it's not the four seasons, but it can't always be. Um, got a great show for you guys tonight. A lot of stuff to talk about. In, no, actually, not too much in sports. Tiger Woods winning the Masters is definitely something I'm going to talk about. Also, that insane Clippers game uh, versus the Warriors, which I randomly caught. I just, out of nowhere, I caught that game. So we're going to be talking about that as well. Um, issue that I have with Delta Airlines. Got on the phone with those customer service people, and that went shitty. And, um, yeah, I'm, I kind of want to vent. And I think I just had a, a pilot that was, I think I just had my first ever transgender pilot. So <laughs> so there's going to be uh, a lot of stuff to talk about here on TVE 398. So sit back, relax, and uh, buckle up wherever you may be. Uh, and enjoy this podcast, which is only a few podcasts away from the big one, the first live one that we're doing Episode 400 from Gotham Comedy Club, guys, on Monday, May 6th, 8 o'clock, the Vintage Lounge at Gotham Comedy Club downstairs with very special guest, my boy, you know him, you love him, Sal Vacano from Impractical Jokers is going to be sitting on there on the stage with me. <clears throat> we're going to be talking to the crowd. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be awesome. Then we're going to get drinks after, talk with the fans, have a good time. Come out, get your tickets, guys. It's limited seating. It's only like 75 seats, I believe, 80 tops. And I know there's already uh, tickets are going. So if that's something that you want to be a part of, definitely, definitely um, contact Gotham Comedy Club's website and and go purchase those tickets because it's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said, it's going to be intimate, up close and personal. And that's kind of what I want to do because of the just the relationship I have with the with the fans, especially the ones that have been listening for so long, and I know people are excited to be there, so I want you to be there. So check that out. It's really not expensive, the tickets, and uh, it's like, reg- like going to a regular comedy show, but like I said, up close and personal, Sal's the best, so we're going to have a great time, um, great, great time with that. Again, that is May 6th, Monday, May 6th. Um, I know it's a Monday night, but it, it's going to be a fun Monday night. You can make a night of it. Go to dinner before the 8 o'clock show or hang out till 9.30 at the show and then go to a late dinner. Either way, you're in Manhattan. You're going to laugh. You're going to have a good time. What else are you going to do on a Monday? You're going to sit home and go to bed early probably, uh, which as you get older sounds sounds good. Dude, I got to tell you something. I, for the first time in my life, I am not, I'm not getting tired, tired, but I'm feeling the traveling. And I'm like, is that an age thing? Like, am I getting a little older? Or I have been to Arizona, then Philadelphia, then, you know, now North Carolina. So it's kind of, I'm on this run here, um, which is going great. And by the way, I want to thank everybody who came out to the shows in Philadelphia at the Punchline in, uh, the Punchline in Philadelphia. Great room. Um, really enjoyed myself on stage. And I got to tell you something, Philadelphia is slowly becoming one of my favorites. I don't know what it is. It's just got this feel. The people were so nice. The people were like overly nice and just accommodating and just, you know, really just went out of their way to make sure that I was, I was good. The hotel, great hotel, um, over there in, uh, where was I? What, what part of the, it was right by the water. It was like Penn's Landing. I was like on the water there, like on the Delaware River and only a mile away from the, you know, and then, uh, I went out one night. Uh, what was that? Yes. I'm, I'm sitting at this window here. Anyway, 
I went out one night with uh, the guy who hosted Brian Six. Shout out to Brian Six. Dude was hilarious. We went over to this cigar lounge, uh, the Aston Club, and it's like an upscale, kind of swanky, you know, just a top spot to get your, your bourbon and your whiskey and your, you know, cigars. And he was so funny. He doesn't really smoke cigars. You know, he was just, you know, I was like, hey, you want to go? He's like, yeah, we'll go hang. And he did a joke the next night, which I la- I still laugh at, where he's like, he goes, yeah, Verzi's up there going, yeah, this one's got like an oaky finish with uh, a little spicy, creamy in the middle, this and that. He goes, and I'm just, he goes, I'm such white trash. He goes, I'm looking around like, you guys got blunts or, <laughs> and I'm just laughing, but their accents are so funny and they probably think new- the same thing with New York. But um, his girlfriend, who was so nice and sweet, she brought me a sandwich. And she's like, oh, eat your hoagie. They call them hoagies. And uh, eat your hoagies. And, you know, dude, and he was just so funny. Every time he would say something, he would be like, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I would just start laughing. Um, But it was a lot of fun. And shout out to Chris Tinkle, who came in from um, San Francisco to feature. I know, Chris, we performed together in um, Syracuse. But everybody... Uh, thank you so much from the from the staff to the people that came out to the shows. And it was really humbling and amazing to have a line of people want to take pictures with me and talk to me after the show. And even some local comedians in Philadelphia came out to see me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot thank you enough. And um, I want to go back there. I want to go back to that club. I want to sell more tickets and keep growing that market because I don't go to Philadelphia a lot and it's a, a different type of market. I want to go there and, and sell as much as I can down there because uh, I love doing comedy there and I the Wells Fargo thing that I did with Burr just gave me this, this um, I think I said it, I was like halfway through a bit, my closer at the Wells Fargo Center there where um, the 76ers and the Flyers play and they gave me an ovation before the joke was even over and it was the St. Peter joke that I did on my special and I don't know man, I didn't know if I'd get that from Philly. And then ever since then, I just love it. So um, the people were great. So shout out. Support the club. It's the uh, punchline in Philadelphia. Support it. Go to it. It's it's awesome. Uh, now I am here. Hoogie. I love that about Philadelphia. Yeah, eat your hoogie. Relax. Eat your hoogie. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, they just, it's just, they're great. They're great people. Um, so here's the deal. I don't give a shit, Okay. I have issue with, I always fly Delta, all right? I'm just going to get into this right now. Uh, I don't know how much time we're going to have talking to your guys' stuff, but I want to talk about some stuff here, all right? Because you get a bad rap for saying certain things, and you don't necessarily mean it in a bad way. For example, well, I'll get to that after. Here's the deal. I'm out here in Raleigh. I'm performing at a brand new club, okay? It's a brand new uh, comedy club called The Improv, which is huge. It's like a 500-seater. Now, you know, that's a lot of tickets to sell. And I didn't realize it's only three months old. So I didn't know how big the room was. My agent just said, hey, you know, we got this offer. Do you want to do it? I'm like, great. I didn't realize that this thing was only three three months old. So I go to, um, what's it called? I think I'm, I, my first show is tomorrow, Thursday. Get tickets. <laughs> it's a big room. <laughs> my first show is uh, Thursday. And usually you do press the day before. So I'm here. So basically what I'm trying to say is I'm here now because I thought I was going to be doing press. The flight was already scheduled. thought I was going to be doing press on Thursday morning. Come to find out, no, you don't have press on Thursday. You could have flown in on Thursday because your press is Friday morning. In other words, I'm going to do my show tomorrow night, uh, and then the next morning I'm going to do press for Friday and Saturday, right? I didn't know that. So what happens is I'm like, let me change my flight. I want to change my flight because um, I'd like another day at home. So I call up Delta. And no, my ma- my um, who called? No, no, my 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 manager, my old manager booked it. So I call up Delta to change to change it. Hold on, I'm sipping here my uh, 
my uh, what are they called? They're free and clear water. All right. So, call up Delta, get Delta on the phone, and I go look. I don't need to be in North Carolina until I don't need to be in North Carolina until Thursday. Now my uh, flight is Wednesday. I'm taking like a 12:30 flight. I see that there is also a, the same flight the next day. I'd love to switch to that flight. There's also plenty of seating available for that flight. So let's do that. Like, um, I said, I'll pay the $200 cancellation fee. Whatever it is that I got to pay, I'll pay. She goes, no, you can't do that. I go, why can't I do that? She goes, because the ticket that was purchased from your manager is like a basic economy. Which can't, and, and I go, I go, no, you don't understand. I go, I'll pay the 200 or the 250 cancellation fee to just get on the next day. Like, basically, I'll buy another ticket. They go, no, you don't understand. Our system won't allow us to do this. And I go, ma'am, I'm not trying to be rude here, but follow me here. I will pay. Do you understand? I will pay. More money, $250, $300, I will pay, okay? Just put me on the next flight. I'll do the cancellation plus the difference in the ticket. I just want to switch to be home. She goes, no, I'm sorry. If it's basic economy, you absolutely can't do that. You'll lose this trip and the flight home and have to rebook a whole other thing, and it's last minute, and it would have costed me like $800. This would have been like a really expensive, really expensive thing to do. So I'm going... I am a Sky Miles member, okay? I always fly Delta. I'm always calling. Can I talk to a supervisor? Oh, and they put this fucking beauty on the phone. I mean, this lady came in like an absolute stone cold. They're making me wait. They got the stupid music on, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm getting pissed, and then finally I hear... Oh, hey, Paul, sorry to keep you waiting. And I'm going, oh, my God, she's going to be cool. I'm like, this woman's going to be... And she goes, yes, I understand that you're trying to... um, You know, I understand that you're trying to change things, which we unfortunately can't do. Or I understand... What did she say? I understand you want to do something we're not going to be able to do for you or something. She just came in hot and cold, but like with that fake nice. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't like to use the C word a lot, but man, was she a cunt. She was like, I mean, she was a stone cold, calculated, yeah, well, you know, there's really nothing that we can do. And I go, I have been flying you guys. Look at the records. All I do is fly you guys, okay? I am simply asking, I will pay the can't, no, you don't understand, we can't, we can't. I go, let me ask something. You keep saying you can't, but... Uh, there, so there's no circumstances. Well, if you were like in the emergency room, like this bitch was talking like that. Well, if you were like in the emergency room or at the hospital, we would first need to get like medical clearance. And then, so yes, there are exceptions, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it's just, it's not. And then she was like, would you like me to do something with your, com- you know, your on the way back flight? Because that would have to be changed too. So she was like doubling down with her no. Like in other words, if you do this, you're going to have to do this anyway. Like she was insanely, insanely rude. And I go, her name was Paula, by the way. And I go, Paula, let me ask you a question. I go, first of all, I'm not in the hospital. All right, so that's fine. I just didn't know if you if there was anything you can do. I'm a Sky Miles member. I always fly you guys. I'm willing to pay the 200. I'm even willing to pay more than that, but you know, to, to do this, but you're telling me you can't, so whatever. And then she pulled this like, all right, well, if there's anything, thank you. And thank you for flying with Delta. Like she was, oh my God. I swear to God, man, it was ridiculous. So... I got, I got really pissed off, and I tweeted last night, not drunk at all. I'll tell you what I, tweet, I, what I tweeted, so, uh, I, and I was not drinking, and I was totally joking, but what I said was, here it is, let me find it. I'm going to read this to you guys. By the way, the new Verzi video of the week is up every week for the next five weeks. 
I am putting a clip up my stand-up on all social media and everywhere, so you guys could check that out. The new one, which is called Trump Curious, it's basically there's a lot more Trump uh, supporters than you think, and that's the joke. And it's on my Facebook, it's on my Twitter, and it will be on um, my Instagram uh, soon today. But anyway, so what I wrote is, "Hey Delta, the customer." I, I tweeted this last night. It says, "Hey Delta, the customer service manager Paula." Uh, is cold and rude. I love you guys and always fly you. Today you did me wrong and Paula didn't give a fuck. United stinks, but you guys are inching closer. Uh, not how you treat a Sky Miles member and celebrity. And then I put at American Air maybe. Okay. So totally joking about the celebrity thing. And some dickhead, and I knew they were going to take the bait, these trolls. These trolls were going to take the bait. Of course, I don't think I'm a celebrity, okay? I, I'm definitely in the public eye, and I'm a comedian and everything like that. I got like 16,000 Twitter followers, right? I don't think I'm, if that, I'm like 100 shy of that. So I'm joking. Someone's guy's like, which was the celebrity they were mistreating? Ha ha. Then another guy's like, celebrity, and like an emoji laughing. And I go, wow, you took that seriously? You fuck, like, that's what I hate about people. Like, you didn't know, like, do you, obviously they don't know me. They don't listen to my podcast. They don't, they don't, you know, maybe they don't know my stand-up. Or they're just being dicks. Or, here's the fun, funny thing. The other people that were laughing at it could have taken my joke. But the person going, who was the celebrity they mistreated? Ha, ha, ha. It's like, really, do you think so, dick? But anyway, that's not the point. The point is Delta got back to me, guys. Delta got back to me. And wrote this, which is pretty, I think actually is pretty cool. Hi, Paul. I sincerely apologize for any inconvenience we may have caused. Please share your confirmation code or ticket number via this link along with the full name and city pair to better assist. Which is pretty cool. Which is which is actually pretty cool. And um, I was like, wow. So I'm actually going to write back. I don't know exactly what I'm going to write back. I'm going to say everything is fine. It's just blah, blah, blah hope to see at a show really make them feel bad but this lady was a calculated asshole and she knew exactly what she was doing she was one of those people that were like um yeah hello sorry you had to wait you know i understand you know we you you want something that can't be done is that right like it was like that so if you're listening to this paula or if anybody out in delta knows paula understand i know what you did okay you didn't know who i am the mega celebrity. <laughs> you didn't know who I am, but I, you know, I, I'll tell you what I am. My name is Paul T. Verzi, Sky Miles member. And Delta saw my Twitter, and maybe they did like that I was verified, bitch. Okay? And they contacted me back. So I'm going over your fucking head, Paula. How about that? Yeah, you feel good? You feel good fucking somebody out of a day with their family? And it's okay. Guess what? Guess what? Joke's on you, Paula, because my family went to Florida. Yeah, they took, they're took. they doing something with my mother-in-law down in Florida. How about that? How about that? So, and we're all going to be together on Sunday, on Easter. So I worked it out, Paula. So you know what? You, you, didn't, you still didn't beat me. Here's what your rudeness did, Paula. Here's what your rudeness did, Paula. You know what it did? It put, to, it put you under a microscope with your company. It made all of my listeners know that if they talk to a Paula, she better be on her best behavior. Okay, that's what it did. So, and I'm in. I'm at my destination. I didn't lose the money, which you would have so happily loved to see me lose, Paula. But guess what? You didn't. You didn't see that happen because I ended up making it work better. I'll tell you another thing I did, Paula. I got up today and I took care of everything I needed to take care of in my house. I did everything. And I know this probably doesn't matter to you, Paula. You don't think, like, what do you care? Of course, it's, no, but it does because I was going to do all this today and then fly tomorrow and suck it up and lose $700 just to be in my own bed. But no, I'm in a comfortable hotel doing everything anyway, Paula. And you're going to act like, oh, well, then that's fine. I'm glad it worked out. But you really don't mean it. I know you don't mean it, Paula. You don't mean it. And I hate the fact that we share the majority of the letters of our name. I hate the fact that you have four. I hate the fact that Paul is in your name. Okay, because Paul is a strong name. You just got the A at the end of it. You weren't that nice there, sweetheart. And uh, and and everybody knows it. So I hope I hope 
I hope you're glad you did the celebrity wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. Delta, man, they got back to me. I tweeted at, I did the same shit with United. United just ducked. United just ran away because everybody's doing it to United. They're so used to it. But Delta was like, let me, you know, let me rectify the problem or, or see. And who knows what they'll do? You know, maybe they'll throw me some miles. I don't know what they're going to do. I'll tell, I'll tell the Delta people, hey, man, I'll throw you a fucking, I'll throw you tickets to a show. Uh, then I get on the airplane today. I ran around, did a bunch of shit. My wife had me doing all this shit. You know, it's so funny. She goes, yeah, I just need you. Can you take Because, <laughs> you know, we got people watching the house and we got somebody in the house and all that stuff. But there was stuff that I can't ask people, you know, to do. And there was all of these like wooden pallets and all these boxes that needed to be taken up the top of the driveway. Uh, I didn't realize that it was an absolute shit show of things to do before I left. So I was did that, running around get to the airport, get to the airport with 15, 20 minutes to spare before boarding. So I cut it close. And they were like, they're going to assign your seat when you get to the gate. I get to the gate, they assign, they're like, you want a window or an aisle? And part of me in my heart's going, take an aisle. And I get out a window. And of course, there's a like a heavy set old woman with a cane. And she was like taking up a lot of the seat. And I was claustrophobic with her. And I saw in the back of the plane where they were going to put me, which nobody was, because this is kind of a last minute thing. And I was just wishing, but it was an hour flight, all good. Then I get here and, uh, oh, no, let me back up a little bit. And I'm not trying to be a dick here with what I'm going to say, guys. It's not a big deal. But I just, and, and again, I've talked about it on the, on the podcast before. It's not a sexist thing. Every time I've had a female pilot, something's happened. Okay? One time, we had an aborted landing. We just we were, we were coming down, and then we went the fuck back up, and I think we overshot it. I'm not kidding. Then another time, there was a lot of wind, a lot of fucked up things. There was one where she got on, and she said, flight attendants, get to your seats immediately, and they were literally sprinting down, and this is when people were being canceled for wind. You know? And I got fucking Amelia Earhart up here trying to get through this shit, so that was another one. And then it was, it was just always a couple of things that happened. So I hear, hey, we're going to be, and it was a woman, like, hey, we're going to be doing this, we're going to be doing that, the weather's going to be that. Okay, fine, it's a woman, whatever, that's fine. And then I was leaving, and it was like a transgender woman, I believe. I'm 99.9% .9 sure the pilot that I had flying here was, was transgender, which is fine. It's progressive. Only part was they sucked. They sucked at it. Okay, it was a beautiful day in New York. It sucked. The takeoff sucked. It was he. Or, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it went from a man, a female to a male. It was. Um, she, I see. I'm sitting here. I mean, I, I. I don't know. I'm gonna say it was a he to a she. So she was all over the the the, the fucking lot up there on the takeoff, going back and forth. And I'm going. See, it's not me. I'm not being sexist. I was wanting the flight to be smooth. And I know some of you are going to be like, oh, I can't listen to this. This is bullshit. A woman could fly just as much. I, may, I'm sure she wouldn't have gotten the job if she couldn't. I'm just saying with my experience. You know, I, I, I don't understand. Like what happened to, I think a mustache is a must. <laughs> like I said, I want a mustache and a sense of arrogance. You know, even that Sully guy, he looked like a really nice guy, and I think he was, but you know that guy thinks he's the shit. There's no way he doesn't. Now, I'm not saying a woman's going to make the plane cartwheel on the fucking Hudson River if it happens, but I'm going to tell you something, man. Today's flight, our, our landing sucked. This thing bounced up and down. And I wanted to say, like, congratulations. I mean, I can't say because I don't know. Imagine if I was like, hey, man, congratulations. It's really progressive. You know, you're my first transgender pilot. Congratulations. And it was just some dude like, no, I'm not. <laughs> or some woman like, no, I'm not. But whatever. It is, it's, listen, I think anybody should be able to fly an airplane. And I do think it's a progressive thing. But for the love of God, every experience I've had with a female in the cockpit, there's been some weird thing. So when I hear it and all of a sudden I think it, now then I'm the asshole, which is not fair in and of itself. And now I'm being judged. How progressive is that, everybody? You see what I did? Flipped it on you. I flipped it on you people. Then everything was taking long. 
everything. It was long to open. You know those times when you just like, and, and it's not even that I need to be anywhere. You're just losing patience. You know, you're just losing patience. And um, the, the opening the door at the gate was long. And then I had to go down to baggage. And then I get to my hotel and the lady in North Carolina here was so slow. Because I'm sorry, I just need to make sure that I wrap up what I was doing before. Can you just give me a sec? And I'm going, yeah, yeah. And now my stomach is making a noise and I'm like, listen, I'm going to, I either need to eat or I'm going to throw up. Okay, so you need to hurry up, ma'am. I'm getting nauseous. I'm, I'm thinking this in, in my head. And she's going, um, okay. And I just took my license out to like hurry up the process. You know, just everything. Even when I dropped my dog off at the kennel, they were like, all right, well, we're just going to have to call. I, go, I got a flight to catch people. I got a fuck. I got somewhere to be. These people just sit around because that's where they are all day. They think other people don't have shit to do. So then this hotel lady's taking forever. Finally, she gives me my key. She tells me where to go. All right. And then um, I'm, I'm waiting for the elevator. And the elevator's taking so long. And finally, the elevator gets there. And the door opens. And a woman's right at running out. And we go chest to chest. And almost hit. And the woman who was an employee here ran out. She goes, oh, fuck. I am so sorry. I'm like, did you just say fuck? And you work here? And like, I didn't say anything. I kind of laughed it off. And I'm not going to mention the hotel I'm in. But I was like, she just goes, oh, fuck. Sorry. I'm like, what, what kind of, where am I? I don't know. Things are bothering me. People are bothering me. And I noticed that I'm stressed out a little bit. I think it's the traveling a little bit. I think it's, you know, I think it's everything. I think it's, it's you know, being a little bit away from my kids, traveling all the time, if I'm being honest. You know, and, and you get, like, my wife is like, are you all right? You're vulnerable? And I'm like, well, yeah, you, you know, you telling me to carry two tons of wood up the fucking driveway before I got to go to the airport doesn't <laughs> You know, that never helps. You know, yeah, you, you're all right. You need to relax. You got a lot going on. Just relax. Yeah, I know I do. So the two tons of uh, wood and all the shit with the animals and everything else, the other list that you gave me, that, that would help. Um, no, my wife, my wife has been fine. But, like, last night. I went to the bank, you know, I went to the bank last night and then I had to go get cat food because we have two cats. And there was this millennial there. She was, again, taking long. Everything's been taking long. I just want to fucking scream and go, go, right? So the lady, I finally get to the, to the, uh, at the line at Walgreens and this lady, <laughs> this lady, <laughs> this young millennial girl, short hair. I, I swear to God, I'm not even making this up. I'm not trying to be funny for the show. I'm, I'm being serious. I put the I put the, the the Imes, whatever, dry cat food up there, and I put a Diet Snapple, right? That's what I drink. I drink Diet Snapple, and I get the cats some food so they're taken care of for when we're away. And the girl goes, oh, you got a kitty at home? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no, no, the, uh, the Imes hairball controls for my wife. She's got a hairy back that she licks all the time. Of course. Of course I got a cat at home. So I go, yeah, yeah, I do. She goes, oh, what what breed? And then she goes, your total's 13-something. And I kind of ignore the what breed question. And she goes, oh, what breed do you have? First of all, who asks what breed of cat you have? It's like, I don't know, regular, not dead, like lucky cat? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I go, uh, uh, it's just a, like an American tabby, I guess. And she goes, oh. And she's like bobbing her head up and down, like overly, like she was just, and but like you can tell that she was like into like her, like there is no way on earth that this girl didn't eat a kale salad, you know, like something kale every two hours. And she goes, oh, she goes, yeah, mine's a short, I have a, an American short hair. And I go, oh, nice. And she goes, it's a rescue. And then the woman behind me goes, oh, and I'm like, this this girl was so tough. I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to be a dick, but, but by the way you're talking, it sounds like a capture to me. I don't know about a rescue. This shit sounds like a capture, okay? Because that fucking cat's probably carving in the word help on the closet door when you're leaving. <laughs> it's a rescue. I have a, sh a short-haired American. I mean, let's be honest here. There's three types. There's two types of cats. There's American ones, and then there's expensive ones. <laughs> then there's expensive ones like dogs. I mean, what are we talking about over here? If it's a skinless cat or like a Russian blue or a Siamese or whatever, I get it. But like to be like, I have an American short hair. What it's like, 
Yeah, do you walk it and pick up its shit in the park? No, you don't. You have a litter box like everybody else. Speaking of cats, and I know <laughs> I know that this is going in a weird direction uh, with the with the cat talk, um, with the stories. Remember in uh, Step Brothers? I know, I know. It goes. Uh, what did he say? Because I have a lot of, uh, with the stories, whatever the fucking guy said. Anyway, now, I like cats, okay? I mean, I love my dog, but I think cats, I do think, I'm doing a new joke too. I think cats get a bad rap. I really do. I think cats get a bad rap, and I think cat owners get a bad rap, right? So, but I really like lions and tigers. But I want to do a comparison, okay? Now, if I was to ask you, Verzi Effect listeners... What cat you think is the shit and the number one cat, I would, I, would, I would bet that most people would say, well, the king of the jungle, man. The lion king. It's got to be the lion. Lion is the lion is the one that walks through the jungle. Everybody backs up, you know, all this, this and that. But here's the truth. The cat that is really the shit is the tiger. And I'm going to tell you why. And and after I tell you this, see, this is some informational shit you're getting on TVE here. Okay, we're talking about big cats. We're talking about, we're basically talking lion versus tiger. And I did some facts. I did some studying. Well, not studying. I basically Googled stuff and I read a few paragraphs and I listened to some, I mean, and I saw what experts said. And that's a beauty. In today, 10 minutes, you could find out shit that you'd have to go to the public library for. Here's the difference between lions and tigers. First of all, lions, um, if a lion and a tiger fought, a hundred times out of a hundred times, the tiger wins. And experts even say that. Experts say, and all these cat experts even said it. One cat expert said 10 out of 10. Another cat ex- expert said 100 out of 100. They obviously said depending on like age and aggression. So if you had like a one-year-old or a two-year-old lion that was aggressive and you put it up against a six-month-old like really young or like a smaller tiger, obviously it's got a chance to win. But I'm talking both in their prime, both, you know, at their at their strength, at their youth, but like where they're equally the same. Let's say both three years old, fully grown, almost the same weight, but that's the thing. They're actually not the same weight. Tigers are always... A couple of uh, tigers are a couple hundred pounds bigger, and um, they're they're stronger. A tiger is actually stronger than a lion. Also, it said lions are a little more clumsy. Tigers are more agile. And it's funny. I recently saw the video. Did you ever see that lion walking on like the edge of the water, and like he's just not paying attention, and his right foot goes down, and he just falls in the water, and the other lions looking at him like you asshole, dude. Watch where you're going. Well. It made sense because, like, the tigers don't do that. The tigers are way more agile, more athletic, bigger, and stronger. But here's the coolest thing that I, I found out about tigers. Lions like to hunt in, and, and go after their prey in the lion pride. They like to go out together. They like to hunt together. They even fight kind of together sometimes or they'll be around each other when it's going down. Tigers more solitary. The tigers alone. Tigers like a loner, man. Tigers are bad animals, dude. A tiger is the shit. So um, that's why. And I don't know what made me. Oh, yeah, because all of this stuff, I was listening to people like, oh, the eye of the tiger, the heart of a tiger. But, you know, lion blood or the 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 blood, the, the heart of a lion. So I kept hearing t- lion, tiger, and I figured it out. And the answer is the tiger wins. If any of you have facts to dispute this, send them over. I'd love to talk about it. I'm interested in shit like that. But it was funny when I was watching like the lions, like, you know, lions just look a little lazy, don't they? Like watch a lion sleep, even though like the big ones, like the main, they just wake up with like, you know, morning hair, like, yeah, (laughs) you know morning hair and they're always yawning and licking their chops and they look like they're half asleep where like tigers are more like when they're sleeping they're sleeping but when they're up they they look like all right and by the way a white tiger is the nicest looking animal period 
Google White Tiger and click images of them and tell me that that is not the most gorgeous cat in the world. It's the it's it is it's the Jordan of of like cat of of looks of an animal. Um and that will lead me right into Tiger Woods everybody. Okay, so we'll get into sports now. We'll see what what anybody wrote in like that. Let's talk about the Masters 2019, um, 2019 Masters champion. Now, I was in Philadelphia for the most of it, basically for, except for Sunday. So when I was in my hotel, I definitely made it my, I, I was like, I'm laying in bed and I'm going to watch, I'm just going to watch the Masters. And I loved every minute of, I could watch it for hours and hours. And I'm just going like, look, I've been rooting for Tiger for a long time. Um, you know, I think with all the adversity that happened in his life, and I know, oh, it's selfish. He didn't have to do that, and he cheated on his wife, and it found out she got two hundred and fifty million dollars. Okay, and you know, I'm not trying to be a dick either, but she kind of knew what she was getting into. I mean, I I don't think she, and, and listen, she definitely didn't deserve it, but you know, I don't think she knew she was going to have a guy cheat on him with like porn stars or whatever, like the shit that he did. And, you know, it obviously got out of hand. And it's not cool for her. And she definitely deserves something. But a quarter of a billion dollars in a divorce settlement is, you know, it's it's a lot. But whatever. But everybody hating on the guy made me like him. Everybody just like, fuck him. You know, I would hear, I hope he never wins again after that. He's never going to. And then that apology he had to give in front of his mother saying, I'm sorry, I did this and I did that. And his children never got to... Dude, his, he's Tiger fucking Woods, okay? This is Tiger Woods. He was a 14-time, a 14-time major champion. He won 14 majors. And his children have never seen... All his children know is what he used to be. Guy's 43 years old. And everybody just know, imagine the people that you love the most. Imagine you, you're you looking at your son or daughter and everybody's talking about what I used to be. What I used to, and you, you're, you're young. And they never saw it. And it's like, oh, he can't do it again. And believe me, kids, his daughter's old enough, his son now too. They're old enough to hear things and know what's going on. They're old enough to know. And... Um, and there were, and they were there and I'm just watching him and he was always like, he was always what? He was always like three strokes back pretty much the whole time. And you're just like hoping he doesn't, but I was talking to people, um, in Arizona and shout out to the driver, Charlie. And and I think I mentioned on the show, like, it's like, yeah, man, his driver's hitting fairways now. So he was hitting fairways. He was making good shots. And he was right there. And then he was like one back. And then he was like tied for the lead and one back. And I'm watching this every day. And I'm like, could you imagine? Could you imagine? And people are saying, oh, I don't think he's going to win. But it's great that he's back and he's doing this and that. And then the Sunday comes and I'm home and I'm laying in bed. And I'm just watching. I'm watching. And then they're like, he shares the lead. And the, But the Italian guy, Malinari, whatever, he just kept coming and kept coming and kept making par putts and par putts and staying ahead. And I actually found myself rooting against an Italian. Okay. My name is Paul Verzi. You've seen my face. I'm a hundred my father's a hundred percent Sicilian. This guy's name is Malinari. And an Italian guy is about to win the Masters or he's on his way to winning. And I'm hoping that this guy doesn't. And when he went in the water on 12 and then the other guy went in the water on 12 and Tiger doesn't go on the water, I'm going, man, this could happen. This could happen. And then Tiger ends up winning the Masters by one stroke. Uh, and I was scared. Brooks Kepka was waiting. There were a couple. Brooks Kepka. So Tiger had two putts. He had to make, he had to get it, he had to get, he had two, two, two putts to win. And if he three putts, he has to go to a playoff against Brooks Kepka, who's waiting in the clubhouse. And he made the putts and he won the Masters. He got his 15th major and his fourth jacket or, or fifth jacket, got his fifth Masters jacket in front of his mother, 
his girlfriend, his two kids. He's hugging his son. And I'm not going to lie, when that guy put his putter up in the air and like just screamed out in like exuberation, I hope that's the right word, um, I literally got the chills and my eyes started to water. Because in American sports, that doesn't happen. This was a fall from grace. And I know there could be some people listening and go, man, fuck Tiger Woods, man, whatever this and that. No, no, you're not understanding. Okay? In American sports, that was the that was a, a tragic fall from grace. It was the it was the the public divorce, which was ugly. It was the DUI. It was the, the all the back surgeries. Then on the course, he couldn't even walk. He's hopping on one leg. He had a leg injury. He had three or four spinal surgeries. He didn't know if he was going to be able to walk properly again, let alone play. And all of that shit happened. And this 43-year-old man goes into the Masters healthy with his family there, and he was triumphant. That's American sports history. That is, they were meant, They were saying, I wasn't saying this, but they were comparing it to Muhammad Ali when he came back after taking years off because of stuff with the war, protesting the war, and being suspended or whatever, and then coming back and winning. This is some Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan Muhammad Ali shit that happened and I'm glad in my lifetime and I was making my kids and even my wife watch and I was like you guys don't understand what you're watching right now and then when they like in the radio people going this was one of the most amazing it was like triumphant to the point where it's like now when you do the documentary or the Tiger Woods movie you got the you got the beginning the middle and the end it would have just been the up and then the fall from grace and then but no then he came back and he won it again he ended the movie and he's still not done so i'll get off it there but i just want to say like you know i was watching that guys on sunday at home with my family and i just was enjoying every minute of it just to be just to watch it and to 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 see that happen was was amazing for me you know, I, I mean, I'm rooting against a guy named Molinari. I'm rooting against an Italian kid. Because, <laughs> you know, Tiger would, none of these guys give up, like, you know, none of these guys give a shit. If anything, Tiger would probably be a dick to me. You know, but uh, I was looking at the bigger picture. Well, maybe not. I think Tiger got humbled. You know, before he got humbled, he would be like Paula over at Delta. Ain't that right, Paula? Hope you're still listening. Um, and then let's, let's go on to the game. So the other night I'm doing something on the computer. I was, I was, I don't know, I was doing some work. I was plugging some dates or I was just doing something. And I have the, um, Los Angeles Clippers, Golden State Warriors game on. My son's been watching all these playoff games. So I just have it on in the background and the Clippers are losing to the Warriors in Golden State by 31 points. And it's just, you know, it's a laugh fest. It's an absolute laugh. It's a laugher. You know they're 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 hitting threes. They're laughing with each other on the bench. They, these guys looked like, you know, they looked like it was like it was over. Like they're about to hoist a trophy up, and then all of a sudden I keep watching and listening, and I'm like, ah, oh, oh, they got it down to 19 points. Oh well, whatever. Maybe they went on a little run. They're still losing. They're gonna lose. And then uh, oh, it's at 16 now, huh? That'd be something. And like as I'm looking at my computer, I just hear. It's now a 12-point game, and the Clippers are definitely back in it. And you just start seeing confusion on the Golden State Warriors' face. And I start, like, looking more up at the TV than I am at the computer. And then I start finishing, and now I'm like, they're like, it is now a five-point game. And I put the computer down, and I'm watching. And with, like, less than a minute left, the Clippers hit a three to go up. Two. Yeah, they hit a three to go up two with like 30-something seconds left or 40-some seconds left. Golden State goes down, misses a shot. The Clippers get the rebound and get fouled. And now they're going to the line for two. And the owner of the Clippers is there in Golden State losing his mind. And the guy goes to the line. He hits the first one. And you see the owner go, one more. One more shot. And sure enough, it goes in. And the Clippers won the game. And the look of disgust, shock, and just how unbelievably psyched the Clippers were. It was it was an amazing thing to watch. 
So I was like, man, that was a great week of sports. The Tiger thing, and then this NBA playoff game. Nowhere near, I mean, on the same level as that. But there you go. That's for sports. I know I was a little much with the with the Tiger Woods, but he deserved it. It was just that crazy, you know. And then he went back to his hotel, and he, <laughs> he had hookers all up. No, he's, uh, I think, I don't know, man. I don't know what a guy like that does. After you get humble, and then he's he's got the girlfriend and the kids. He's probably just, but now, now those those other golfers are gonna always be thinking, like next tournament, like oh shit. And the amazing thing was he just kept his cool and he was steady Eddie. And all these guys that were up there, they mentally just they just mentally didn't have what he had, and that's what makes him Tiger Woods. That's the difference, and especially when you're playing golf. Because everybody who plays golf listening to this right now knows you just mentally fuck yourself out of a round. You're going good for six, seven, eight, nine holes. Everything's good. Then you get on the back nine and you're like, okay, well, I gave a stroke back. I gave a stroke back. Now you're like, oh my God, am I going to? No, there's no way I'm going to ruin this scorecard. And then you just ruin it and it's over. And that's golf. Tiger Woods, though, he like he, he held it together. Let's go and see if you guys have anything here. Um, it's a very heavy on Tiger's. In this show. Tiger Woods. The Tiger Beats the Lion. Uh, <laughs> let's see what you guys have here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, my God. There's a lot of good sports on tonight. I'm here in Raleigh. If there's anybody in Raleigh listening to this, let me get on a podcast or something. I want to plug these shows. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Somebody said something about uh, Darren Brown, so I don't know if you guys saw the push or if you guys saw Sacrifice or whatever, but um, this is from Sean. Sean from Australia. How you doing, mate? You know, is it mate? An Aussie. Aussie. I see, I, I always fuck up the English accent with the with the Australian. Like, is, isn't the Australian like, how you doing, mate? It's more like that, where the English is like, hello, right? Okay, maybe, maybe. There we go. Sean from Australia says, Hey, Paul, heard you talking about Darren Brown on last week's podcast. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. You mentioned uh, he's not your typical magician, and he's not. He's often referred to as a mentalist. He's well-studied in many different skills, such as psychology, uh, hypnosis, uh, suggestion, illusion, and more. What I like about him, apart from the obvious, is he has a deep respect for the history of comedy, I'm sorry, comedy. That's me thinking. He has a deep respect for the history of magic. He talks about many old magicians in his shows. If you like his stuff, you should really check out some of his old stuff on YouTube. Be warned, you will go down a rabbit hole. One of my favorite ones is where he gets random uh, punter uh, at a, I guess, punter, is that some, I guess, person, whatever, Um at the dog track to pick the dog that's going to lose. He then gets him to put a bet on that dog, which indeed comes in dead last. Then he gets a punter to go to the cash, uh, go, go and cash the ticket and convince the lady at the booth that is actually a winning ticket. In another special, he picks lottery numbers live on English television. Yes, he is English and he's huge there. Uh, he also has done many shows where he changes people's lives for the better, similar to Sacrifice. One you should check out is Hero at 30,000 feet, which is about uh, which is about getting a loser to become a hero and land an airplane with 390 passengers on board. Well, I'll tell you what, as bad as my uh, my pilot was today, I, I, you know, I'll take anybody over that shit. If they're like, nah, this guy, we're going to figure this out, I'd be like, yeah. No, we're not. Also, he has some awesome shows that were on English television, and his stage shows slash specials are absolutely amazing. Another thing I like about him is after he does a trick, he actually tells you how he did it. So much you need to see and too much to mention here. Do yourself a favor. Sorry if this email is long. Blessings to you and your family. Keep up the good work. Sean from Australia. There you guys go. I wanted to share that with you guys as well. Thank you, Sean. Darren Brown, man. He's got the sacrifice on um, on YouTube. He's got the push. I mean, I'm sorry, the sacrifice and the push, both on Netflix, I believe. He also has another a special there 
where he like brings people on stage. He made this girl chew glass and like was fine with it. Like he just mentally prepares people for things or like takes them on this ride that he expects them to go on and he predicts it. He is, I guess it's a mentalist. I don't know what that means, but you know, I'm wondering if a guy like that, you know, it'd be a good thing if like a guy like that could like, actually, I don't even want to give this idea away. I don't want to give this idea away because this idea could be made for a movie. And Sean from Australia is going to take it. See, I see what you just did there, Sean. You made me... No, I'm just kidding. Imagine if Sean was so good at that that he was a mentalist and he made me talk it out and say an idea that he was going to lead me to the idea and then he took the idea and made a movie and Sean from Australia uh, blew up because of that. Thank you, though, Sean. Guys, check out Darren Brown. I, I don't think I've steered you wrong. Did I talk about the... Um Oh, yeah, I talked about the basement. Whoa. The basement was... The basement was definitely wild. Definitely wild. All right, let's see here. What else do we have? All right. It is... We are 50 minutes in to the show. And we've talked about lions and tigers and tiger woods and... Uh, Different sexes of a pilot, which are all acceptable, except my experiences have been, you know, where I, I'm waiting for the female pilot to just crush it, but, uh, <laughs> and um, we talked about Paula at Delta, who uh, definitely does the opposite of, of crushing it, so, um, but now we're going to switch gears. Okay, uh, well, well, we'll switch gears to, to some stuff that's big stuff going on in the news that uh, Cathedral, Notre Dame Cathedral um, in France um, burned. And I got to be honest, like everybody's doing the whole, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm devastated and it's so horrible and this and that. But I'm also not going to be like, yeah, well, they were jerking off kids and fucking kids, so fuck that place. It's like, first of all, the people that weren't doing that and, like, that has nothing to do with, like, an amazing establishment that people get peace in and go to. So it's like, at the same time, it's like all this hacky, like, you know, just go and you just, the, the jokes were so bad. The, the jokes were just like, uh, you know, yeah, well, the little boy, the little boys don't need to, you know, worry. It was just, I don't know. It was just like, yeah. All those guys have no place to hide where they're... And I, I was like, enough is enough. Like, I get it. I get it. And I've definitely criticized the Catholic Church for, for what they've done. You know, and I've have, uh, you know... And I, I, I don't even mean it in a malicious way to anybody that's Catholic. You know, I got, I'm, I'm half Catholic. I mean, my father's Catholic. My mother's Greek. Um, Orthodox. But, like, you know, my father gets... My father gets upset at stuff like that. And... And I'm not trying to do that, but I've criticized it because I have friends. I have a lot of friends that, that were molested in that environment. And it's really fucking damaging and stuff. But I just don't think that this cathedral, like, it, it was just the hacky jokes that annoyed me. And it was like, all right, I get it. It's still an unbelievably, like, beautiful, amazing church. And, um, and it's, you know, to see it on fire like that was just a little, it's like shit. Um, what is this? I don't know what the hell. Who that? What? My I. Sorry, that's my fault. I was gonna blame. I was gonna say, oh, there's Mrs. Verzi again, texting at a bad time. But I didn't have to respond to it, so that one's on. That one's on my fault. But yeah, so sucks to see the church burning down like that, especially a beautiful church like that. I get people like trying to make jokes, but it's fucking you know, come up with something else. Anyway. I heard something on the news that really bothered me, and this is this is kind of this is a really shitty, shitty thing to do. I believe that this is a shitty thing to do. The um, anyway, where the hell? Come on! Basically, it says that prosecutors of the owner of the New England Patriots plan to release video in the craft uh, prostitution case. Do you know what this means, everybody? This means that 80-year-old Robert Kraft, who went, in, excuse me, who went into a massage parlor to get whatever, 
jerked off or catch a BJ. All right, they're going to show this 80-year-old man. They're going to fucking... This went. This, this man went into... Okay, what does it say here? Shortly after prosecutors said Wednesday they intend to release video that is expected to show Robert Kraft receiving sexual services at a Florida day spa, uh, the New England Patriots owner legal team <clears throat> filed an emergency motion aiming to block the release. It's like, what are you going to... This man's wife, rest her soul, passed like eight years ago. He's an 80-year-old rich man. He went into a spa in Florida and he caught a fucking BJ or a handjob. I need to see that. I need to see his fucking messed up white hair looking down on some fucking, you know, chick blowing. I don't need to see that. And you know what? I don't think the world needs to see that. It's like, I, I, it's, it's like, I don't, what, why? I just, I don't know, man. I, you know, are you going to release everybody that got caught? You want, are you going to release all, you know? Are you going to release footage of all 20-something people catching hand jobs? It's like, I don't know, man. It's just a kind of a shitty thing. You know, it's, plus, nobody just wants to see some 80-year-old shriveled balls catching a handy or a BJ. Nobody wants to see that. It's like, why would the prosecution want to do that? For what? You know, unless he's got a gun to some chick's head and he's like, jerk it, honey. You know, I got a game next week. You know, <laughs> You know, unless it's some crazy thing, but I don't think some 80-year-old guy's going to be like, you know, I just don't, I don't know, man. I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Maybe I'm wrong. Who wants to see some 80-year-old dude naked catching a handy and his grandchildren and all that shit are going to see that, uh, all his fucking, think about that, man. Guy's 80 years old. Who knows how long you're going to live? And this is some shit that could kill him. I I don't like it. I don't like it. Just... You know, give him whatever you're going to give him. Punish him however you're going to punish him. Let a judge and jury, let them see it. All that stuff. But to release it to the world, for this man to wake up one day knowing that his grandchildren are going to watch their grandfather catch a handy at a fucking Florida day spa, it's repulsive. And nobody needs to see it. Nobody needs or do they want to see it. You know. It was a good week, sweetheart. Tommy threw for 300. We got another ring. Now get that cream over here and let's get this thing going. I don't... Yeah, it says a video. Basically pornography, attorneys say. Okay. That's even more... That's even worse. I don't want to watch Robert Kraft in a porno. There should be an age limit to these things, I think. I think if you get caught doing some like, you know stuff like that, or sexual stuff, or sex tape, I think like after 75, the visual evidence doesn't come out, just so, just for the, just for the sake of nausea, just for the sake that people don't have to throw up, my god, I couldn't imagine what an 80 year old man's dick looks like in the hand of some fucking (laughs) day spa worker, I don't, nobody wants to see that, and I feel horrible, I, I would feel horrible if he's got a granddaughter, that's going to be a really fucking weird Easter. Well, I know you guys saw some things, but uh, we're here to have a good day. We're going to do an Easter egg hunt, and uh, we're going to eat some ham. Uh, so anyway, let's... Oh, Patreon listeners, yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, I was going to do the thing with Ryan Sickler, did not do that, um, but uh, another Patreon's coming out. And, uh, yeah, we're getting ready for May to do a sports show, me and Jerry, and we're going to announce the name of it and all that stuff coming up soon, too, so you guys can check that out. Um, Guys, I really hope to see you guys at uh, Gotham, May 6th, 8 o'clock, Vintage Lounge, Verzi Effect Lovers Only. That's what I'm trying to get in there. That's why I'm stressing it to you guys a lot, because other people are going to go, they're going to see it, and they'll go, hey, we'll go to this, and, you know, know, they're not you. You guys are listening to this. So if you are in the New York or the tri-state area, Connecticut, New Jersey, whatever, come out, get your ticket, get in the room. We're going to have a good time. Uh, If you guys are listening to this and you're in the North Carolina area, come out to North Carolina. We're going to have a good time. All right, North Kakalaka. 
Okay, Raleigh Improv. It's a new room. It's a big room. So we need as many people as we can get in there because it's brand new. A lot of people don't even know. I got to do a bunch of press out here. A lot of people don't even know the room's out here. It just opened in January. So if you're listening to this, come out. If you have family or friends in the North Carolina area, send them out to the shows. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Shows are on the website. Uh, go to the Raleigh Improv website. You can check that out. Uh, I will also be at the Fairfield Connecticut Comedy Festival. That's right. I'll be at the Connecticut Comedy Festival next weekend. Raleigh this weekend, Connecticut next weekend. The weekend after that, I'll be in Poughkeepsie. Okay, I'll give it to you guys right now. So I hope you guys get your catch your tickets. Now, now because of this show, I'm going to start Googling uh, tigers, more tiger shit. Not woods, like the actual animal. Actually, I'm going to go to YouTube and look at lion-tiger fight. Yes, yeah, so Raleigh, then I will be uh, Fairfield Comedy Club for the, the weekend for the festival. Then I will be at Laugh It Up in Poughkeepsie. Then I will be at uh, the Roar Casino at the MGM in Springfield. And guys, tickets are going fast for all these DC Comedy Club, DC Improv. The DC Improv, one of the best. You got to come out to that show. And then Levity Live the week after that at West Nyack. Get your tickets. Get all your tickets from um, paulverzi.com or those comedy clubs. Go to my website. See it. Go to the comedy club website. Get tickets there or there, wherever. Doesn't matter. My website, their website. Guys, my name is Paul Verzi. This is 389. So here's what's going to happen. Next week, I'm going to do 399. Then we're taking a week off to build up and promote and get ready for the 400th at Gotham. So you got this one. Then you got the next one, and then Gotham two weeks after that. Uh, yeah, on May 6th after that, we're taking a week off. So in the meantime, you could catch up, tell a friend, subscribe to the Patreon. Got some stuff going there. I took a picture of how shitty my seat was today on there. That's on the Patreon as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, me and Jerry going to be making an announcement on that soon. Talk to you guys soon. Take care. I'm out of here. Hope to see you in one of these cities on the Verzi Tour. Oh, and... Go to all my social media stuff. You could see the uh, the new Verzi video of the day. And uh, this one is the uh, more people like Trump. Next week might be the depression or next week could be the bad thoughts. Uh, you never know. But uh, it's up right now. Take it. Take care of it. Oh, Capper Network. Go to Capper Network. Make your predictions. Get on the leaderboard. Check those guys out. Of course, all things comedy. The best. Check them out. Go get your best podcasts, all the content, all the stuff that they're doing. Check it all out. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.